Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. Here we are. What's up? We're together. We're riding. I've got this crazy thing going on here. I don't know what it is, but it was in my way. So we're going to ride today in Spain, as I was saying with those who were jumping on live. And um, we're going to be talking about freedom. And for those of you listening live, you obviously know that it is the 4th of July here in America. And I have been processing a lot of different things associated to freedom and been following the journey of Paul through Acts. I have been um, learning about all of the wild kings that existed through 2 Kings, uh, still following the trace and lineage of the King of Kings, the son of David, who we know to be Jesus. And as I was processing through all of these things and what was happening connected to God, I think so often we get misconstrued and conflicted in our spirit about what is going on in society and humanity. And this is old news to God. This is why he sent his son. And so that excites me. I I know it makes other people fearful, kind of puts you into this stalemate what should I do? How should I do it? Where should I show up? But uh, we're not going to do that. We're not going to live that way because we have freedom. And yet we know that so many people are operating in bondage. I mean, literally, there I see when I go out to people outside of my home that people are walking around completely shackled. They're shackled to false ideas. They're shackled to false identities and they're shackled to false ideologies, which is connected to ideas, but ideas that they manifest versus ideologies that are placed on top of them. And this is just not okay. (laughs) In my personal opinion, um, not okay at all. And that's one of the reasons that I show up. That's one of the reasons that you should show up not even just for yourself, but for the self of other people, like their, their identity, the soul of who they are of humanity. And yet again, connected to Kings in second Kings, we see destruction. We see just overwhelming elements of disturbances. I mean, people sacrificing 
their own children and not the way God did and not the way God asked Abraham to. But literally being killed in front of them, whether they're doing it themselves or others are, in order for them to go higher. And God doesn't ask that when it comes to our freedom. And so here we are celebrating this day of independence and this concept of law versus liberty. And what does that actually mean? You hear people talk about it all the time, the difference between religion and relationship. And what's wild connected to that is the same with law and liberty. The problem is relationships are being so distorted because of false identities that people can't even conceptualize what's a healthy relationship look like. Maybe it's you don't have a relationship with your own father. So having a relationship with an Abba in heaven, it's like it doesn't make sense. There's so much tension or there's so much damage or there's so much hurt or there's so much separation. So it could be religion versus relationship. It could be law versus liberty. But in both of those scenarios where there should be ultimate freedom in Christ, we don't even know how to eat it. (laughs) We don't even know how to chew on it. We can't even taste it because it's so far removed. There's this moment at the very, very end of 2 Kings and I'll be honest, the last couple of days in this year Bible with King, Second Kings, you know, people always give Leviticus and Numbers like a hard time. I actually felt that way in Second Kings, which as I'm learning more about it and researching it, I'm like, oh, wow, there's a lot more behind the scenes or below the surface layers of what you just read in the word sometimes. And so I'm going through and I'm like, geez, this is depressing. Basically, everyone, all the time, for the most part, I say everyone and for the most part, a majority of the people that are being spoken about, kings-wise, are literally just falling away from the Lord. They're doing everything out of ego, everything out of flesh, everything out of selfish desire, which is the opposite of law and fully in relationship with self, with flesh. I want to be comfortable. I want more money. I want more gold and silver and diamonds. I want more authority. So I'm going to have more dominion in more territories by just killing people and taking over their territories and their wealth. We know in society, that's not an easy thing to do, right? You're not really going to get away with that in the same sense, but our governments can, right? And we just kind of have to turn a blind eye occasionally. That's what we're being asked all the time. And yes, they're doing it out of a protection of our liberty, of our freedom, but freedom in Christ is a whole nother thing because we're not in competition when we're in freedom in Christ. And therefore, there is a global freedom that is possible. I hope you guys are following me. This is a lot to chew on early in the morning. If you're hanging out live with me, say, I'm following you, Tamara. I'm following you. Well, let's follow Jesus. Don't follow me. I'm imperfect, not infallible, okay? 
And I want us to understand these variables because we're going to go out today. We're going to have a good time. We're going to take a break from everything. And yet, as I said at the very beginning, most people are still going to have a day in bondage and shackles, even though I don't, but long before that, they had an opportunity of salvation and they still do today. And that's where ultimately my heart for breaking chains, my reason for showing up is that yes. And there will be those who will be fighting for our freedom at work today. We love you. We thank you for your service. So there's this point, second Kings that I was trying to get to minus all the distraction and the crazy of the King's ego ultimately leading them all to demise, whether being killed, sometimes assassinated by their own commanders, their own confidants, sometimes putting themselves in harm's way because of ego and getting killed, um, sometimes out of sickness, sometimes out of plague, sometimes out of, we'll say God's protection on our end, but essentially just like they're done, they're annihilated. But the very end, we see this, unexpected favor from a king, a king who had been following time and time again, the lineage of their father that was to kill, steal, and destroy. All right. They were nutty. Just go in and watch. The Lord continued to be angry. And I think about that when we think about that father figure role, especially for like a kiddo's perspective, we're like, oh, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want dad to get mad. I don't want him to be upset with me. So we often will hide things. Y'all, these kings weren't hiding anything. They were out bold as can be. And that's what's happening right now. You know, we're called kings. We're actually anointed as kings when we come into the favor of Christ. And what's happening because of these little gods that are being created, these false idols that we're even creating out of ourself and our flesh, the egocentrism that's happening. We're egocentric. Use this word. <laughs> it's critical to understand. Everything revolves around us. And so we become a false god. We become our own idol. And then we worship false idols in the midst of that. We worship other flags that might be bright and colorful. We worship uh, relationships that are actually not relationships at all. It's okay to have friends. It's likely a friendship. Or we stay in bondage in other relationships that are harmful, that are killing us physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. And I am an advocate of marriage, but I also know that there's bondage based on the lack of understanding of freedom, liberty, what that actually means, and relationship. And so we're going to talk about it today. We're talking about it now, but I want you to understand that there is favor, even that follows lineage, generation, curse, right? How many of you guys have divorced parents? How many of you guys have witnessed divorced 
um, marriages. How many of you guys have witnessed people either in adultery or not being in a committed relationship because of flesh or acquisition of more things, whether they're in a married relationship or not, that is honestly just to satisfy them. Did you know ultimate love, ultimate sacrifice is the service of other people. It's to be able to learn how to love others as Jesus loves you and he loved the church. So when all these kings are doing everything, even to their own children, their own children's demise, can't even imagine that. We do this all the time and we think we're a good mom and a good dad and it's not about being good or bad, but it's this understanding that we have a liberty that we can exist in a freedom we can exist in that is outside of a law of just honor your father and mother, no questions asked. There's a difference. There's a difference in operation. So we're at this final pinnacle point in Second Kings. And one of the kings has been essentially taken away from Judah and is being housed in the prison of another king, okay? It's hard for me to know how to say all of their names, so bear with me. Um, king Jehoashan, which is ultimately, I'm going to tell you a secret, an element of lineage of, of the son of David, right? So of the king of kings, of Jesus. And then the other one who is being um, holding him hostage is, I don't, I'm sure this isn't how you say it, but his first hyphenated element of his name is evil. So that's not shocking. <laughs> but evil Merodach, Merodach. Okay, we're going to go with it. Avel Merodach, if you want to say it's fancy. I need to figure out how to speak <laughs> in that way. But anyway, this is um, the Babylonian throne. So if you guys know anything about Babylon, evil <laughs> being enthroned in Babylon is kind of hilarious. I'm like, that makes total sense. Babylon was the place where they worshipped false idols, where they had a lot of grotesque things going on 24-7. Um, ultimately, no one was following God. Well, this king who had exiled the other king of Judah for 37 years, he had been in exile. Okay, that's a long time. He was imprisoned for a very, very long time. This evil Babylonian king, for some reason, finds favor in his heart to release him from prison on April 2nd of that year, I have to find out why they shared that year, that date. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a higher place than all the other exiled kings in Babylon. He supplied him with new clothes, come on grave clothes, to replace his prison guard and allowed him to dine in the king's presence for the rest of his life. So the king gave him regular food allowance as long as he lived. All right. <laughs> this really confused me. Like I said, if you read Second Kings at all, it's really, it's really dark. There's a lot of like destruction and just hate. And it kind of feels like our world today in a lot of ways. Luckily, we're not under a kingship in that regard here in America. But there's a lot of people that are trying to be their own kings. 
whether it's of a business, of a community, of a neighborhood, of a, um, a gender, of a, an ethnic group, right? We see this all the time. And so for this to happen comes out of left field. And yet God has a plan. And this plan was ultimate favor. It was evil. <laughs> this is his name. Look it up. Evel or evil, Merodach, decides to give the line of David supernatural, un unprecedented, unyielded, undeserved favor. Talk about liberty. Talk about relationship. He let him dine in the presence, in his presence, the rest of his life. And I'm confused by that. And yet there is some goodness here. Such goodness. If you guys are Bible lovers or Bible scholars or you got no idea about the Bible, this is like a saucy novel, okay? <laughs> it really is. You've got to get your hands on it. It's juicy. And then I think about where we are as a society. And I think about who's in control. And I think about who's been ostracized from a faith perspective, from a female perspective, right? We're seeing this in sports and what's going on with women and us being brought down off of actual platforms and pedestals that have been earned by men who are claiming themselves to be women. And so there's this attack on femininity. There's this attack on identity. There's attack on fathers and sons and the destruction that's happening there. And so not shockingly, I have a devout faith and a really big belief that we're going to receive some favor here soon. If you don't feel it already, because I do, I see every day the favor of God. I see every day how he is breaking down strongholds and breaking chains and giving supernatural position to those who are his, the ones who he predestined as kings, the ones who are anointed. I heard this recently, and I'll share it with you, from Myron Golden. I thought it was so good. He's one of my favorite Bible business teachers. And he said, if people don't like me, and it's because of my disposition, that's something I need to fix. That's a problem I have. So if you don't like me because I'm rude, well, that makes sense. <laughs> if you don't like me because I offend you because of my position, that's a little different. Now, I don't have a spirit of offense. My intention is never to hurt or harm or, or ostracize or any of those things. It's really to show up in love and truth, capital T. And therefore, capital T, truth, showing up in the name of Jesus as Paul does in Acts over and over and over again can offend some people, especially puts their own panties in a bundle. People don't like that. They're like, don't tell me what I'm doing wrong, right? I don't like to be told that I'm wrong. <laughs> my husband says something to me about who knows, whatever it is, and I start to cross my arms. He knows that I'm in a spirit of offense. And so even before he says anything, he'll smile. And I'm like, open my arms, receive the constructive feedback. I can be better. I can be stronger. This is a difference between law and liberty, okay? 
let's go here because it's important for you guys to understand. I don't want to lose anybody before you guys jump to work or um, you lose interest because you're like, I don't know what she's talking about. Evil is winning on the throne and then they give the line of David some favor. That is you. Look it up. Go there. But if you want practical understanding, we said this at the beginning, rules and religion versus relationship, laws and liberty. So there are Old Testament laws that are amazing. They were given to Moses in order for them to exist as a community, to exist in a governmental like lens, basically, for there to be order there were laws given. And we still, even under our own independence here in America and many other countries, utilize these exact commandments as like a baseline for a good human, right? Honor your father and mother. Yeah. But also to love your neighbor as yourself. Also to not kill people, right? Like this is like common sense, right? But it doesn't always seem that way, especially if you're reading Second Kings, they didn't have that understanding, even though they had that law, all right? People don't follow the rules. They don't follow their religion. The Pharisees and Sadducees didn't follow the freedom side of it. They tried to make sense of every single thing. And liberty allows you to exist in a place of freedom that is not focused on ego, okay? This is where it gets squishy for people. Friction can happen. Electricity can happen here. This is why people fight because they think your existence of liberty should look like my existence of liberty, but they're doing it based on ego. So there will never be an aligned spirit. All right, quick interruption, but actually it's not really an interruption. It's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to come deeper not just be a podcast listener that we really never get to interact with, but be a part of the family, be a part of the foundation of what the founder collective is heart premised on. And that's Ephesians 2.19, that we are found in him, that we are a family and operating as one on the foundation of Christ with him as our chief CEO, our chief cornerstone. And what does that look like? How can you come in further? Well, we have a weekly founder collective call. That's a Zoom call. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's open conversation, similar to how we have this podcast talking about business practices and truth principles and how we're actually living a life on purpose and in the presence of God consistently. Additionally, we're inviting you to our annual conference. This is be our third annual conference. You can go to thefoundercon.com. Again, that's thefoundercon.com. And you'll get to hear people like Jay worship and teach and share from his testimony. Anthony, Pastor Anthony, the bearded wonder. (laughs) He's going to come to you with his fiery flaming shoes and his voice and the belly. The fire that's within his belly comes out in such a dynamic way when it's on stage. Myself, my team, and all the incredible people who are part of this family. It's not just us. And we want you to be in on the us because we want to make way for your message, for your movement to be known and to be equipped and to also be resourced. We love sharing resources, which is what we do in that weekly call. So you're invited. You're invited. Come one, come all to all the things. If you need more information, I'm sure wherever you're listening to this or seeing this, you can get it in the link. So look, go a little deeper, go a little further into what God is calling you into. This is a summoning. This is a call. This is a roundup for you to also be fully founded in him as a founder in the Founder Collective. 
What we need is to exist in the liberty of the spirit, to exist in relationship with the Holy Spirit, because when we're in union there, competition doesn't exist. When we're in union there, we're already victorious. So even if you're in competition against a principality, guess what? You win, right? Even in this space, the elements of identity that we're talking about here, when it comes to our gender, when it comes to our religious preference, when it comes to our ethnicity, when it comes to all these pieces that are conversational and confrontational every single day here politically, come on, we can't do this anymore. This is what's the problem. So shackles exist in law and rules. Shackles exist in this place. Not to say that rules are wrong. Rules parallel to righteousness. But if we get so connected to that, we then are living out of a place of works. Okay? We're saying, oh, I've got to follow this rule button in this shirt. Wear this collar. Take off this hat to go to this church. Wear closed toes at this church. Don't let my legs show or my ankles show at this church. Oh gosh, my hair has to be down and long and never cut at this church. Can't wear makeup at that church. You guys, that is literally being a Pharisee and a Sadducee. That's literally saying you can't heal on Sabbath. I mean, that's nutty. And this is what we're doing to one another when it comes to the body of Christ, which is why it feels sometimes even in our religion Because that's where religion resides, in shackles. That's what Jesus came for, is to break that bondage from Old Testament to New Testament, the New Covenant. It does not negate, it does not negate the Old Testament. It does rewrite some of the old laws and orders that existed. Like circumcision, like Gentiles and Samaritans having favor and being able to be loved by God and received by God. If we were in the Old Testament, that would be not there. Do you understand these things? So this could, I'm thinking and I'm hearing even Marcus, I love you, brother. He's like, preach, sister. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to be on a pedestal. I'm trying to teach you something as I preach. And I want it to be palpable. I want it to be something that you comprehend. I don't want it to fly over your head and stay in this place of confusion. And you walk through your day today celebrating a false freedom, a fictitious freedom that has elements of if this, then this salvation is not that. Okay. Now, is there an if and then? Absolutely. If you speak that the name of Jesus, that your, his son came to die for you and you have this supernatural revelation, this understanding, or maybe even this yearning desire that there is more, that freedom exists beyond what 1776 did for you. And you want a joy that's everlasting. You want an overflow that's everlasting. You want the riches of heaven to be yours. You want to operate in authority and dominion and really own your kingship, not out of ego, but out of a place to serve other people. Then let's go. 
Let's stand in that authority today. And so the if then is repentance. But it's this knowing that even in those places, as we are in relationship with the Holy Spirit, the rules that you think you need to follow, they become no-brainers. And they're given to you in this, what is called, don't let this go over your head, this sanctification process. I reference it super simple as your becoming process. God wants to sharpen you. He wants to shape you. You're going to become all that he wants you to be in due time, my friend. And so he's going to literally have Holy Spirit conviction moments. And you're going to become more like him without you being imprisoned. Hopefully, let's not do that. Without you having to uh, button up your suit and tie to say it simply. He's going to help you understand what a holistic relationship and marriage looks like in covenant love between a man and a woman. He's going to help you be bolder in the way that you speak and share his good name. He's going to place you on mountaintops you never thought that you'd be able to ascend because divinely and supernaturally he is a strength that will help you to endure. The dreams that are inside of you are his dreams for you when they're aligned righteously to his heart. But the only way that there is righteous alignment and ultimate freedom is through him. Because I can sing and I can dance and I can worship and I can show up in my day-to-day rhythms without worries of a law, without worries of rules, Because I have liberty in Christ. Does this make sense to you? I'm on fire today. I'm excited about it. Because I need you to hold it. I need you to understand it. I need this to be your torch. Lady Liberty. Man of God. (laughs) I need you to understand that what was resurrected in that moment for you. In a moment of rebirth. You got a new light to, to show, to shine. And that torch is now yours to pass, to light up the world, to light it up and to not do it under these understandings of boundaries that are put on by man. That's not the way God works. It's really not. So when you think about that and what these boundaries are, I want to bring us to Acts. And Paul, so we were talking about Second Kings originally. You gotta read the whole thing. It's a little a little wild. But Second Kings 23, 27 was where, I'm sorry, 25, 27 was what the whole first half of this conversation was about. Connected to this divine favor where it all the rules were broken. This king lets him out of jail. He lets him dine. At the table, the evil one is, is giving him food and clean clothes and letting him not be in this place of bondage anymore. That is supernatural. And that is going to happen in our society. You're going to watch it. Mark my words. You're going to see it happen. I know it without a shadow of doubt. I've already seen it in my community. Who is being handed the keys? Who's being handed the keys? Look, it's God-fearing children. The winners, the winners ultimately, and it's not calling anybody else losers, don't take offense, but it is ultimately saying the ones who are already victorious will reign. 
That's what happened here. So when he gets out of jail, and you can follow the um, tracking of the line, the bloodline. Don't get hooked in on that because some people are like, oh, it's actually the bloodline of Mary. Others are like, oh, it's the bloodline of Joseph. It doesn't matter either way. Write your story. The story is written. He still, they still, both of them are connected to the bloodline. Okay? So you can't really get it wrong. And everybody can kind of fight their way through that one. But God's got it covered regardless of which way you see it, which, again, so brilliant. So we're moving into Acts 22 right now. And just Acts as a whole, where Paul is fighting the good fight. He's spreading the good news. He's written a majority of all the New Testament. He's in this place where he has now been taken in um, by the religious leaders and the governments. And he basically says against the Pharisees and Sadducees, like, you guys can't try me here. I'm actually a Roman citizen. Send me to Rome. So they wanted to kill him. They were going to ambush him, kill him, do all the things. And there's always seeds. There's always a remnants of the church around, which is why I know in some of these big battles that are being faced by Target and faced by Bud Light and faced by all these places, they're just going to keep going because the remnant exists and there's going to be truth in the matter of that. And those things are going to go bye-bye, okay? Whether you think they are or not. They're going to go bye-bye. So stay focused on him and watch what freedom and liberty does to righteousness and sanctification versus rules. It's a relationship that establishes trust, truth, honor, and ultimately love. So Paul exists in love even as he's being condemned, even as he's in prison. His words are so sharp. Oh my goodness, I, I don't have that wit, to be honest. Like, when I'm in the face of, of an argument, I have that fight or flight. I'm like, bye, I don't want to deal with this. But I'm realizing the more that I stand in my authority, the more that I understand what the Lord has put inside of me, the more bold I can be, the more courageous I can be. Not at a, a sense of um, ego, not at a sense of downcasting someone else, but out of an opportunity for correction, because we can always be corrected, and also an opportunity to help somebody else be corrected and see another lens, right? We want to expand her lens. And if it's somebody, especially a brother or sister in Christ, you better listen. You better sit down, or that's going to come full circle. And if it's not, it's an opportunity for you to share the good news, to be like Christ. So in every scenario, sit in every scenario, listen. In every scenario, get bolder. Sometimes silence, ooh, can silence be bold? Silence can be so bold. And so even though Paul, in this particular example, is arguing with the Lord, even in the vision that he's giving him. Has that ever happened to you guys? Where like God's giving you a vision, you're like, no, 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 no. Mm, I don't think so. I don't really want it to work that way. What if I did it this way? What do you think about this, right? Now, God does go back and forth a lot with kings, with prophets, not necessarily prophets, much more so kings, um, but those who follow him. He, he has conversations. Imagine that. Conversations and relationships, communication go hand in hand. Law, he's like, this is the law, this is the law, this is the law. No ifs, ands, or buts. And that's why religious people, Pharisees and Sadducees, they can't, they're like, freedom? What do you mean? That doesn't make sense. You can eat meat? No, not by the law. 
Come on, people, right? New covenant, new testament, new freedoms exist because of Jesus Christ and what he did for us. If we try to reign and stay in this Old Testament, y'all, I would be in chains over here, like Paul, (laughs) essentially. So he argues with him. He says, certainly they know in every synagogue that I'm imprisoned and beat those who believe in you. And I was in complete agreement when your witnesses, Stephen, was killed. Basically telling the Lord in this vision, like, I get it. I stood by and I, I kept the coats that they took off and they stoned him with. But like, that's not my story. He said, go for, I will send you far away from the Gentiles. So basically, don't worry about that. You're not going to be killed. You're going to the Gentiles. Okay. I'm taking you away from all these religious people. I'm sending you to the people who need to hear my good news, who are going to receive you because they're eager, because they're hungry. So I think about this when I think about those who are far from God. I think about this when I think about my children going to a non-Christian school. I think about this when I go to the grocery store. I think about this when I think about the mental health problem. Y'all, I heard that one in five children have considered committing suicide this year. One in 10 adults. That's insane and so sad and I think about them as the Gentiles that we're called to to advocate for to love on to teach to show up for and I know that I can't do it alone I know that you can't do it alone so this is an element of being like Christ and really showing up in that love as the body he ends up getting sent away from this particular prison. Again, supernatural favor. There was a remnant of the church who went to the leader and the leader didn't want to get in trouble by Rome. He was really focused on his ego. But how cool that Christ himself will allow and give a download or bear witness to something and they have governmental access. We have governmental access. We have access to our educational systems by our voice, by our truth, but we have to activate. We can't stand scared. Paul was not scared. He was ferocious. He stood up tall. He went right against what they were saying to him with wit, with wisdom. So this is where it can get us in trouble is knowledge can be twisted and tainted. Where did we see this first? We saw this first in the garden right? The garden of pleasure, garden of Eden. We were given a garden. We were placed in a garden of pleasure. Adam and Eve was, and the enemy came and distorted truth. And this is the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Had she had the wisdom, she would have never eaten that apple, but all she had was knowledge at that point. She had not, not applied Ultimately, for a long period of time, she only had knowledge. I can't eat that. I can't eat all of that. Wisdom, you're not even paying attention to what you can't. You're just like, I know that I can't, so I won't. But the enemy will come in with what you know, and he'll change it. He'll twist it. And he'll convolute it. And so this is why you've got to start practicing in the small places. Practice your faith. What he does is he cements it. 
He cements it as truth. So when the enemy comes with that lie, you know that you know. You're like, mm-mm. I don't care how what rules you know. I don't care what law or order you write. I've got liberty and freedom in Christ. Well beyond the flag, y'all. Well beyond the flag. Now, I love America. I love America. God bless America. We're established as Christian roots about specifically Virginia, where I live, which is really cool. Literally, like, right up the road where settlers, first settlers came. It was a stake in the ground with that cross. I consecrate. They held the dirt just as the Lord held the dirt of who we are when we were created. He held that dirt. And we consecrated this land to Christ. And just like Second Kings... King after king after king has come through and followed the ways of Baal, followed the ways of the evil one. And therefore, there's destruction. It's generational bondage, y'all. And we're only, we're babies. We're 250 years old. Like, that's not that big. That's not that long. And so there is hope. There's hope for my generation. There's hope for your generation. There's hope for our kids' generation and the generation to follow. And if we can stand up now and restake that ground, state claim as Paul did, be bold as Paul was, and speak truth, and truth in love, we will not have a divided council because the council of Christ is one. That's the body of Christ. We have to exist in that place. We have to surrender our rules, our regulations, our denominations, We've got to get in tune with the truest identity that we're created as. And in that identity, in that true identity, that is where the church thrives. That's where marriage thrives. If we want to take it back simple to that relationship of marriage and understanding that, that's where friendships thrive. That's where your relationship with yourself thrives. So when you want to go back to ego, and I understand ego is a part of who we are. And it's not a bad thing, but when we're egocentric and everything becomes about us, we become our mini God. We're trying to trample. We're trying to trample and earn and own everything. Nothing's entitled to you. But in salvation, freedom is gifted to you. And that gift of repentance, it's a, it's a gift to repent. To be able to change your mind and come back under the grace of your father. You know how many times I've like apologized or had to forgive my earthly dad. And sometimes I don't feel brought back in. A lot of times I still feel rejected. A lot of times like while he says one thing, his actions do another and it doesn't feel good. But father, Ava in heaven... You're Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He brings you in. He covers you under his shade. He never leaves or forsakes you. He plants you next to hydration, fruit bearing season after season after season. I know this to be true. I've experienced it in my life for the last, gosh, seven years, which honestly is so young, is so little. These have been the most vibrant, free, fully free seven years of my life. And so when I share 
with such passion and such fire about what a life looks like to follow rules, regulations, and laws in bondage versus showing up in freedom and liberty in Christ, I know. I know because I've done it. I've been there. And I know what it feels like to feel like you're in that straitjacket, to feel like you're bonded to the past and therefore you cannot walk forward. We have to sever the soul ties. We have to sever that generational curse. We get to walk in freedom. The only way to do that is through the gift of repentance, to change your mind, change your mind about who God says he is. Change your mind about all of the church hurt that has happened to you in the past. Change your mind about all of the people who abandon you, who said that you can't, who said that you won't. The ones who think your dreams are crazy. The ones who said they don't love you. The ones who have shown you that they don't love you based on their actions. Come under his protection. Come into his freedom. And understand that you will be consistently pruned in that process. But pruning allows you to blossom. And so this is that always becoming. This is that righteousness journey that can feel hard. And you're like, man, I can't do that. I feel like this is what I've always done. Now, God, I'm free. But if you're freely feeding your flesh, you are not free indeed. Because a part of being free is obedience. A part of being free is discipline. And I know that doesn't sound really exciting on this July 4th where everyone wants to go out and be freely free. But I can assure you the freedom that I get to experience today has me unshackled from any decision that I used to make. And that's how good God is. So I'm really glad that I saw bits and pieces of Spain today while talking to you guys about the laws and liberties of being an American but more so importantly, of being a child of God. Because that's who you are. That's who we are. Ugh. Mm, mm, mm. Sorry. Things that I'm seeing on this Peloton ride that they're putting in these pictures. I'm like, really? That's crazy. We're going to own. We're going to own his promises. Rainbow and all. It's his idea. And we're going to walk in freedom today. In joy. Because joy is connected to freedom. Listen to this. Oh. Now then, you kings, you kings, think of yourself in that demeanor. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear. Revere him all in wonder. Remember that fear is all in wonder, not anger, not he's going to come at you, not you're going to be locked up, not you're going to be enchained. You're going to be engulfed in his love. And rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son or he will become angry. And you will be destroyed in the midst of all of your activities. That kind of sounds harsh. God is not a God of of hate. He's not a God of wanting to destroy you. He is a God of consequence. That's where that obedience and discipline comes into play. There are consequences. And consequences are sometimes great. There's amazing consequences that come in good choices. It says, for his anger flares up in an instance, but what joy for all who take refuge in him. I don't know about you, but 
I'm grateful that our God is a God of emotion. I'm grateful that our God understands and created us with emotion and that he is so strong and mighty that his anger will destroy principalities. His anger will put them into the pit of hell. His anger won't allow everyone into his righteousness by the time they come in to ask for eternity. And what I mean by that is everyone is welcome. Jews and the Gentiles, y'all know this. There's all a seat at the table. Not everyone's going to take it. And so that's why I show up here. Call us higher. Say yes to the bless of the Lord. He wants to bless the mess out of you. I promise you that. He did it for me. And I know he'll do it for you. I pray that you have an amazing day of celebrating his freedom here in America freely, which is such a gift that we get to worship out loud. I dropped some links to some songs that I love that are about freedom. I hope that you blast them on your boats. I hope that you blast them at your parties. I hope that you post them all over social media so they go viral. And people realize that there is a joy that we get to take refuge in. And it doesn't have to be connected to what's going on in society. Let's show up. Let's love God. And let's love other people really well. America will be better for it if we can. I promise you that. All right, y'all. Have a blessed day. I'm going to pray us out. God, I thank you so much. I thank you for your freedom. I thank you that in you we get to dance and we get to laugh and we get to sing and we get to play. And we get to fellowship, God. I pray that we get to ride freely through life with you, God. I pray that you continue through your Holy Spirit to convict us so we become more free. God, that we don't have to have shame. We don't have to have guilt. We don't have to have regret. We don't have to have even sorrow, Lord. And though we can grieve, you come in with that joy. You come in with that love. You come in with that sweetness that only you can give us to help just soothe our souls. God, and so if there is somebody here who is weary, God, give them renewed strength. If there is someone here that is in a a place of unforgiveness because of something that they've done or something that's been done to them, God, will you just give them your healing balm, your anointing balm of, of truth, of love, of grace, of mercy, of forgiveness. God, you forgave us on the cross by sending your only son to die for us. And I cannot imagine. Oh, Lord, I cannot imagine. And yet I can only imagine the joy on the other side of his resurrection, doing what only you could do, God. Walking out a life of freedom in Christ. God, take off our grave clothes as you did this king. Make us a table at our enemies' tables. Better yet, make them do the hard work, God. Make them do the heavy lifting. They'll set the table. They're actually going to set the captives free. By your spirit, God, you control. You are in the midst. You divinely align. Oh, we thank you for the freedom of choice. God, because I get to choose you every single day. It makes my love for you that much more electrified. Just like I get to choose my husband every single day. God, we are the bride and you are the bridegroom. And as a church, we come to you 
We eagerly come to you as you await us at the altar. We dress in white for you, Lord. We come in that state of repentance. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you so much. We thank you for the ring and the robe that awaits us. I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are listening right now who have this eager desire to come back to you. God, that they they grew up in you. They knew you. They had freedom when they were young and something happened in the midst, Lord. Mm. Something happened. Their hearts were hardened. Their souls were lost. They became angry. They became frustrated. They are mad at the world. They're mad at themselves. God, I just sense that there is someone here even right now who's just eagerly coming to you. They're not in this place of hesitation. They desire you so desperately because they have looked everywhere else and there's nowhere like you. There's nowhere like your love. There's no one like being in your line of sight, Lord. You're covering your embrace. God, turn your eyes to them. Turn your attention towards them. As I know you do, as I know you will, as I know you are. Because you say that I am. You are the great I am. And ultimately, that is love. And so as they come back into you, Lord, will you just cover them? Will you set supernatural boundaries with your angels around the areas that are causing them to be distracted, that are causing them to be distraught, that are causing them to be dismayed, Lord? Your angels will do the job. God, you're already victorious. They're already victorious in you, Lord, but they need your help. Will you send the right people to their side? the right sisters and brothers in Christ that will help raise their arms on their highest, hardest day. Mm. That will help keep them connected to you. That will help them keep their eyes focused on you, Lord. Draw their attention to you, God. Take away the shame. Take away the anger. Replace it with your love, Lord. We all need a little more, a little more measure of love. We praise you today, God, for the freedom that exists in you, for the country in which we dwell, for the nations and the countries and the continents that are crying out to you right now, Lord, around the globe, tens and hundreds of thousands coming to your name coming to your love and adoration. God, make that echo across America. Echo across the waters. Echo across the trees and the land. Make yourself known, Lord. Cover our leaders. Cover our leaders with your grace. Put them in the divine appointments, God, that only you could put them in. Put them in the positions in the White House and our local governments and our national governments and our world governments. Create ambassadors for Christ, Lord. That's who we are. Raise us up, God. Raise us up, Lord. Only you can put us in anointed positions, God. Ones that we don't have the resume for. Ones that we don't even think that we can earn. God, that the people don't even know our names and yet you put us in those places because you know our name. God, thank you for knowing our name. Thank you for writing it in your book. 
Thank you for accepting us into heaven and eternity with you, Lord. Mm, Saved by grace, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. In your mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Woo! I'm on fire this morning, y'all. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this is going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.